Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all Depends on what's in it for them They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash They lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash Succeed or fail, it has to the tell Dungeons and debacles starts now Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin Going around the table, John Hello, I play Illuminatus Elven Monk, slightly evil. And Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I play Talia, the human rogue. Definitely evil. And Shane. I'm Shane, I'm playing Alexander, the human wizard bard. And Blake. I'm Blake, and I'll be playing the Eldritch Knight wizard dragonborn Juliet. And uh, Oliver is not here again this week, so uh, we'll be sure to kill him in the next fight. We were talking were, earlier. We were thinking we could sacrifice him to the drow <laughs> once they show up. He won't mind. <laughs> so uh, the last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, you guys had entered the tomb of Borsh Bonebreaker. Um, you went through the entrance. Um, you started to explore around when you came to a stone door that was leaking some uh, some hot, humid air. You were checking it out making sure that it wasn't uh, enchanted or trapped and formulating your your plan when Turin just walked up to the door and kicked it in to uh, jump in and see what's big uh, inside you found a forge and some uh, green slimes that you uh, dispatched pretty quickly uh, inside you found some animantine and silver ingots um, some animantine weapons um, that had not disintegrated over the ages. Um, you'd found some other various uh, rusted and uh, dilapidated uh, weapons that were made of uh, steel that had not survived the 2,500 some odd years that they've been in here. Um, you found a forge that was powered by lava that uh, was still operating. And uh, you found a magical item that is a decanter of endless water. So that's where you find yourselves now. So what do you want to do? Let's load up the precious metals on the cart and continue exploring. Do you really think we have time for that? Is anyone chasing us? I mean... Yes. Can they get in? (laughs) I'm sure eventually they will. Well, if you're not concerned about money. Look, maybe we can come back for the medals. We almost certainly will. Almost certainly. That was sarcasm. (laughs) Well, let's just move on. Got nothing better to do. (laughs) So you exit this room to the south and go through the doors um, to the east. Um... That's where you came in, and to the west is an area you haven't explored yet. Nice rug. Really ties the room together. 
<laughs> All right, so uh, you enter this room, and it's fairly large. Um, it's about 50 feet to the back wall and about 70 feet wide. Uh, the ceiling inside here is about 20 feet tall. It's made of the same uh, rock as the rest of this area, which is like a mixture of uh, like basalt and obsidian. Um, you're going to see some bronze buckets here towards the north and a large 10 foot wide well um, with a appears to be like uh, an adamantine um, like crossbar that uh, has an animantine chain that descends down into the well. Is that what I mistook for a rug? Uh, yes. Okay. There's also a uh, wooden cart down here to the south that uh, looks like if you touched it, it'd probably fall apart. Juliet still has detect magic active. She's going to check the room for any signs of magic. All right. Um, there's no magic in here that you can tell. Give me a, uh, everybody give me a perception check. 22. Five. 20. 26. Doesn't matter too much. Two of us, uh, created, succeeded the, uh, perception roll. All right. So, uh, Shane, Juliet, Alunados, and let me do one for a turn real quick. Uh, he got a three. Never mind. Um, so you are going to hear um, some sounds coming from this well. What's that, Lassie? And it sounds like it's coming from like deep inside of it. Well, well, well. Might as well check it out. Okay. Um... Alunadas looks down into the well and see, you know, dark vision 60 feet. So we'll see what he can see down there. Okay. Uh, give me a dexterity check. Interesting. All right. That's a 17. Yes. <clears throat> so um, you are going to uh, peer down into this well. And as you do, there is this black ooze that shoots up from the well and uh, tries to attack you, uh, but you nimbly dodge out of the way as it slams against the ground. Uh, guys, there's definitely something in this well. Possibly alive. Possibly hot. <laughs> God, Kevin. <laughs> uh, accurate. It's the Ooze Cosby. Um... <laughs> So for the, they, those at home, they're black puddings with uh, Bill Cosby's face on them. Do they have paralytical effects? We'll find out. You will find out. Well, let's just hope we remember what happens tomorrow morning. And we were doing so well with the political correctness, Kevin. <laughs> How's that politically incorrect? It's Bill Cosby. It's pudding. Not only was he the spokesman for jello pudding but that image was taken directly from one of those commercials put the pills into pudding 
All right. Wow, guys. I'm going to need everybody to roll initiative. I'm all out. Bring the end. Don't forget to bring up the thing before we roll initiative. Uh, we're all doing Talia. Mine was the first result up there, so that means I'm first, right? Even though I rolled a six. <laughs> Get out of here, kid. Hey, Kevin. Hey, what? Question. So, I've probably asked this before, but it's been several months, and I just want to ask because I've just been curious. Um, I remember, why don't you roll the oozes on the same initiative tracker so that way they just go at the same time? Uh, because I don't think that's how it would work in real life. He did that for when we had the mob of peasants to deal with, but when there's only two monsters, eh. Plus one came out of the well at a different time than the other. All right, so these two black uh, puddings come out of this uh, well and uh, ooze their way out onto the floor. And Adel's standing right beside one of them. He's like, oh, what the fuck? And he's going to take his sword and just instinctively uh, slash at it. So that first attack is a six. That's going to miss. And the second one is an 11. Uh, that's going to hit for 14 damage. Damn. But uh, as he does that, what's going to happen is he's going to slash down into it and it's going to split into two new puddings. Oh, oh. of course it oh, does. That's... Guys, kill it with fire. Are they the same size as the original pudding? Uh, no, they're about half size. This is a lot of me out of the way for. I didn't do anything. Oh, I grabbed you. And you shrunk me. What are you doing? <laughs> the DM's help. power is too much. And now Talia. All right. Uh, yeah. Now Talia, you're up. All right. Um, I am going to try something I haven't tried in a while, guys. Poison spray. Oh, nice. Interesting. Ooh. On the the ooze closest to me. So ooze three. Uh, poison? Did you say? Yes. Yep. Let me guess. It doesn't do anything. Um. Go ahead, and is that a spell attack, or is that a save DC? Uh, that's, that's a spell attack, and then... Oh, no, uh, no, it's a save DC. No, it is a save. Yeah. It, is, it has a DC of 16, I think it says. Hold on. Made a 21 on his con save, so there's no So way it's you, fine. Yeah, oh, there's first, no, no I got a zero. You rolled it. D20 minus three. <laughs> um, I think... Yeah, it's creature must succeed, uh, or succeed or take a D- 1d12 damage. Which is succeeded. Oh, it's 2d12. And it's it's a cantrip, so I doubt that it's a half damage. Alright, uh, is that the end of your turn? Turn, yes. Alright, still have another action. Uh, that should be your action, right? The poison spray? Unless you want yep. to move. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna back up, and that's gonna be my turn. That's that's all I'm backing up. All right, uh, Lunadosh, you're up. I am going to punch Black Ooze number two, who is not properly aligned to the square grid. 
<sighs> I am shocked. There we go. <laughs> First attack. 15 to hit. Uh, that'll hit. Boom, for nine damage. And second attack. 14. Uh, that'll hit as well. All right, for another seven damage. And then I will not spend a cheap point. I'm just going to do a bonus strike. Dang, for another 10 damage. Uh, that hits as well. And I believe that's a Lunadus's entire turn. So you uh, take three punches at this, and uh, it's almost like hitting like used motor oil, but a little bit more viscous. I was thinking it'd be more like slapping pudding. <laughs> All right, Juliet, you're up. All right, Juliet is going to take a slash at the black ooze in front of her. Taking that halberd for a clean swipe. It's going to be a 19 to hit. That hits. That will be 10 slashing damage. Okay. So when you hit this thing, it's going to split in two again. God damn it. Okay, Juliet's going to cry out, don't hit them with slashing weapons. They'll just split into more. Oh man, it's my time to shine. <laughs> Juliet's going to have to take that damage for the team. All right, Alexander, you're up. I'm going to use Ray of Frost the cantrip onto the closest black ooze to me. Uh, the little small, small Cosby. Uh, so it's D20 plus six, which is my spell attack modifier. Okay. A whole nine. Uh, that hits. Nice. And it does 1d8 damage. 1d8 cold damage. Oh, one damage. Well, one, yeah, one damage. So uh, you cast this uh, Ray of Frost and you hit it, but it doesn't seem to have had any effect on it. Uh, its speed uh, reduces to 10 feet until the start of my next turn as an effect. Uh, next up is Black Ooze number one. It is going to attack Alexander. No! Uh, that is a six. That's going to miss. <laughs> Uh, next up is Turin. He is going to turn and attack this black ooze to the north. Flank it. Flank it, Turin. Flank it. Uh, that's a 13. That's going to hit for 11 damage. Oh, the spear gives reach? I didn't know that. Yep. And he's going to take his uh, move action and move up here to flank. Uh, black num ooze number two is up. It is going to attack Alexander. Uh, oh. Black ooze number two is the one in between Turin oh, and Lunadas. Uh, so he is going to attack Turin. Uh, that is a 15. That's going to miss. Uh, top of the round back to Adel. He is going to uh, attack Black Ooze number three with the uh, flat of his sword. Uh, that's a 21. That's going to hit for 17 damage. It's one hell of a flat. It's one hell of a sword. It's a big chunk of rock. Uh, Black Ooze number three doesn't like that, so it's going to attack Adel. Uh, that's a 22. That's going to hit for 10 damage. Uh, Talia, you're up. 
Alright, I am going, uh, Atalia is going to, I guess, she's, I, I'm gonna come up here to ooze number four, and, um, oh god, I don't even want to, but use my dagger. Well, it's piercing damage, so it should be, well, there's a better chance, I assume, I don't know how these things split, but. Right, because it's, it's stabby instead of slashy, I'm hoping that it doesn't split. Crossing fingers, but I did get a crit, so yay! Woohoo! Oh, um, you rolled a one on that crit. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm. Hold on. Oh, I'm gonna sneak attack, which. Plus 3d6? Well, there's three of them, whatever they are. Uh, yep, 3d. Uh, level 5 is three, th- 3d6. You did more damage Damn. in your sneak attack than the. Right. Nineteen damage, holy shit. Dang. And that's for the crit table. That is lucky shot. Target takes an extra one D six damage. So roll me a D six. That's a three. So what does it look like when you take this one out? Um, I'm just gonna stab it until it stops moving and begins to just become just a puddle of ooze and not a living creature. Alright, and you still get a bonus attack. Oh, I do. Uh, I will offhand um, Black Who's number three. Uh, you can move in between so that you could get much of a thing. Flank. You're, you're right. I, I, there we go. Alright, so that was my offhand dagger attack. Uh, that's a hit. For four. I can't sneak attack on that one, though. Right? No. No, only once per... Thingy. Yeah, once per turn. So yeah, so four damage. What? Which was exactly the hit points that it had. <laughs> nice. So I'm gonna do the same thing to that one. I'm just gonna stab you, McStaverson, until it uh, until it dies. So uh, Talia like goes and you just slaughters this thing. She's just like ga 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 ga, like checking it, and takes two of them down. All right, next up is Linodos. Way to go, Talia. I'm going to imitate Talia, and I'm going to punch the living poo out of this ooze. What? Talia didn't punch anything. Well, okay, that's... Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) Alright, that's an 11 to hit. That hits. Ooh, for 6 damage. That's the first... 11 again for 10 more damage. And bonus strike... 18 for 8 more damage. Alright. 24. So, uh, again, you just bam, bam, bam. Punch, punch, punch. This thing. And, uh, you can see, like, uh, where holes are forming, where you can see the ground, where the, uh, the putting spread out. Uh, next up's Juliet. Alright, Juliet, that's gonna slash, fo- slash, excuse me, slash forward through one of these slimes. And uh, the last remaining one here, she's going to take a stab at to puncture its membrane. A 24 to hit. That hits. And that will deal 12 piercing damage. And that is it for Juliet. All right. Next up is Alexander. It is my time to shine. I'm just going to use Ray of Frost again on Black Who's one. That had no effect in... Uh... Yeah, it didn't have any noticeable effect on it. 
Let's see if Acid Splash does anything. Yep, uh, so they have to succeed a dexterity saving throw against it. And it has to be DC of 14. Okay, it fails. Takes 1d6 poison damage. Um, Isn't it Acid Splash? Isn't that 1d6 Acid damage? Yeah, Acid. So uh, this blob of uh, acid springs forth through your hands and hits this thing, uh, and it doesn't seem to have any noticeable effect. God damn it. <laughs> good try, though. That was good thinking. Colt didn't do it. Um, so next up is that ooze that uh, you just uh, cast acid splash on it, and it's going to attack you, Alexander. Yep. Uh, that's a 13. Miss. My AC is at 14. Alright. Uh, next up is Turin, who is going to attack this uh, the larger ooze to the north here. Uh, that's a 21. That'll hit for 13 damage. As he uh, takes his spear and just plunges it into uh, this thing. Uh, next up is Black Ooze number 2, which is the ooze that Turin just attacked. It's going to try to attack him. Uh, that's an 18. That's going to hit. For Tell the Foley guy to like just slap something with a water balloon. Water <laughs> balloons all over the place. <laughs> so he is going to take uh, five bludgeoning damage and 14 acid damage. Yeah. As uh, you see him wince back as uh, his skin starts to uh, sizzle. All right, next up is Adel. He is going to take the flat of uh, the Blade of Bonebreaker Sword and smack down at this Black Ooze number one. Uh, that's a 19. That's going to hit for 19 damage. And then his second strike. That's an 11. That'll hit for 16 damage. As he slams his sword down on this thing and it just uh, creases down the middle and falls apart. Uh, Talia, you're up. Alright, so I am going to try How to figure out if I can get that? there. I have I can throw my dagger. Alright, let me let me do some math real quick. Oh, I can totally move there, I think. Uh you should have a range of about thirty feet on that dagger too, so I mean you wouldn't even have to move. I think it's only twenty feet. And you'd still get your sneak attack. True. Alright, so yeah, I'm gonna throw my dagger, which is the same thing as just stabbing, right? Yeah, because dexterity is your modifier. It's 21, that hits. With my sneak attack, it will be... So that'll be a total of 20. Nice. So what does it look like when you take this thing down? Uh, just, I'm going to throw my dagger and, and have found this sweet spot. Just right in its blobberous this Whatever it is that just punctures, it's whatever makes it able to stay cohesive. Go for and the ice, it's just going to splatter. Splatter everywhere. It's going to be great and gory. Glorious. You stabbed it right in the flump. Yep. So, uh, Turin and, uh, 
Alunados get a little bit on him? I mean, obviously, but I assume we would all get some splatter on us. So Turin takes his hand and, and wipes it off of uh, his hide. And uh, you can see where uh, it's smoking a little bit uh, off of his armor, where the acid from this thing is eating away at it. Oops. That's what he gets for not covering himself in magical stuff. All right, so you're out of combat. Puddings and slimes, puddings and slimes. Was there anything stuck in the slime that might be worth uh, looting? Uh, You can give me an investigation check. 10 and 11. Okay, so you are going to go poking around in these puddings with your uh, dagger, and all you're seeing are some, like, mouse bones inside of it. And it looks like it was digesting them. You don't know that. Could have been collecting them. <laughs> Lice the bones. All right. Uh, now, does Alunadas see anything down the well? Or was it all pudding? Uh, you look down the well, and it goes further than you can see. Uh, it appears to be a well where the half-orcs were getting their water. It looks like uh, that's what this room was, was a well room. Well, that's boring. This is uh, clearly a dead end. I say we go find another path. Yeah. Oh, well. Yes, oh, well. God damn it. (laughs) I approve. So Turin's actually going to walk up to it, and he's going to light a torch and throw uh, throw it down in there. And uh, you hear this thing fall for a while, and uh, and he's he's watching uh, it fall uh, down in this well, and you think it probably goes down uh, about 200 feet, um, where it uh, hits a uh, like a bank of a uh, it looks like a river, and it's only there for a second before it rolls off and hits a uh, uh, rolls into the stream below it. So it looks like the course of this water's changed. Stupid fool of a took. <laughs> You're the one who looked down the hole. Uh, but I didn't knock anything down there. That's why I made it a point to say in chat that it was out of character. <laughs> Alexander, I can't see if you are not moving with that light. But then the light shine. Let the crossbow shine. Wait for me, guys. Short legs. And now Talia went from a little mean brunette to a little mean blonde from Full House. <laughs> I'm not going to take offense to that because I freaking love that show. <laughs> okay. I dudes. assumed you were quoting what's her name, one of the twins. Wait for me, I've got little legs. All right. Uh, the the truth is, I'm I'm short enough that in real life I I say that kind of thing because um, my husband is six foot and I am not. <laughs> yeah, let's let our thief catch up and check for traps. I recall there was at least one. Hey, Adel, how you feeling? Looking kind of rough. Do you need to give yourself a, a a quick pat down? Make sure you're doing okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling so well. 
and he is going to cast... Oh, cool. So he's got Cure Wounds. I was not aware of that. Yeah, because he would never heal you. Of course not. Alright, 1d8 plus 2. <laughs> he gets back a whole 3 hit points. Ooh. He's a tough guy. Alright. So you guys walk back to the uh, the east and then take this uh, chamber to the north. Well, Talia takes her traps. Maybe Alexander could join us. <laughs> so you ne- uh, walk into this uh, next chamber uh, to the northeast. And um, it's about uh, 30 feet um, wide and uh, I guess about 60 f- or 40 feet deep. Um, inside, um, there are four stone, uh, looks like chests. Uh, and then there is a path that leads to the west. I say we look inside the stone chests. Now, hold on. I've heard of this children's game called Dark Souls. Is that the children's game where one of them gets killed by the others? Yes. Brutally? but not without a lot of rolling. Gotcha. Wait. Rolling on the ground or rolling dice? On the ground. Ah. So what does that analogy have to do with this? Well, one of these chests is obviously mimic. Gotcha. (laughs) Wow, that's some hardcore meta right there. I (laughs) did not say that Dark Souls was an actual in-game D&D thing. But I can see your point. (laughs) But yeah, we're going to open these chests regardless. I mean, we have no concept of mimics. I'm willing to bet. Yeah, I doubt that we would believe that random monsters live in chests to ambush adventures. No, no. The random monsters are the chests, man. They pretend to be the chests. Alright, so Lunadas is going to come over to this other chest, the separate one down to the southeast open it up everyone go to the chest so we can open them all up at the same time <laughs> now that's efficiency that bus. <laughs> all right so you guys are just opening these chests yep yep how many traps um, do we activate i i <laughs> my lesson from the first chest i opened and i'm going to check it out first i'm going to see uh, if I can see anything that might poke me or uh, swing out at me. Like, I, I learned my lesson from getting poisoned that very first time. Okay, give me a perception check. And you're checking out the chest right in front of you, right? Yes. I, I, I'm there because if I were... I mean, I could be there, but then I'm on top of the chest and that looks weird, so... Okay, um, so you check it, and there's no trap, and it doesn't appear to be locked. All right, I will open it. Nice. All right, so you open it, and inside you are going to find some uh, crumpled, uh, crumpled clothing, or that's like, uh, you know, fallen apart over the ages. Dry rotted to nothing. Yep, so you take your dagger and start poking it uh, around in there, and it just turns to dust. What does Luna does well, find when he waiting. opens his chest? Uh, you're just opening it? Yep. 
Um, so you open it and you are going to find some um, pewter goblets and plates that looks like they've uh, survived the ages. Hey, who wants pl- flatware that gives you lead poisoning? Anyone? Dibs? <laughs> what do I open? What do I open? Um, so It's a goat. <laughs> uh, you're going to open yours and you're going to find um, some um, looks like much the same like uh, crumbled clothing that looks like it was uh, blankets makes sense and Juliet you opening yours yes uh, inside you're going to find some uh, some uh, tools that are made out of bronze uh, it looks like there was some uh, more in there that were made out of steel uh, but those have long since rusted and fallen apart. Damn. Worthless junk. Yep. We're adventurers, not archaeologists. All right, let's keep on exploring. So, turn to say if you're done wasting your time on bed lit, um, ancient bed linens, can we get moving along? We don't know exactly where this belt is, Turin. We have to be careful about this. Alexander. You do know it goes to like twice the length of the of the light, right? The light's just um, bright light, and then it goes. Yeah, but the then light is disadvantaged, man. Also, we're waiting for you to participate, <laughs> and for Kevin to catch up. Ooh, another door. All right, so you are going to take this uh, hallway to the west and you're going to walk for probably about 100 feet and you're going to come across uh, upon this massive stone door um, that's about 20 feet high um, and 15 feet across um, but it's a double door and uh, there's some carvings um, on the door um, that look like symbols of cord is it barred again? Uh, it just looks like a door to you. You don't see any any barring on the outside of it. Is there any text, or is there are there any depictions of art on the door, or is it simply symbol symbology? Uh, it is a holy symbol of cord, and there's also a um, kind of like a some um, art um, carved into it that is uh, two Afworks in battle. Ah, gotcha. In battle or in quote-unquote battle? In battle. Like fighting each other. I see what you did there, Lunadas. Hey, he's a monk. You know what they say about monks. Does anybody want to give me a uh, history check on the art? Absolutely. Eleven. Twenty. 17. Ha ha, I beat the nerd. All right, so uh, Alunidas and Juliet, um, from the stories that you've heard, uh, reading and also reading the book about the saviors, you think that this was a depiction of Borscht Bonebreaker's last battle, where he was. Uh, uh, slew by the uh, the teen who challenged him in combat. Ooh. Lunadas relates this story 
maybe we're close. Almost certainly. Let's hope. Not like there's any other way to go. Let's open this door up. Let's open it. All right. Uh, so who's opening the door? Strong person. We should probably... There, there's, there wasn't any locks or anything, right? Nothing wacko? Uh, nobody's checked it. Hey, Talia. Would you like to check it real quick? Yeah, I'll, I'll take a look. In the light of the glowing crossbow, our little thief does search. Hey, a perception check that wasn't terrible. Nice. <laughs> All right, so uh, you start looking around this, and you are going to notice like a faint glow to the uh, holy uh, symbol of cord on the door. Hey, uh, hey guys, this uh, this weird glowy, th- this weird symbol is glowing. Is Juliet still magic detecting, or is... As long as ten minutes have not passed, yes. But I'm willing to bet from my powers of deduction and the fact that this is a secret cave with a closed door that's been sealed away, it's probably some sort of trap. Or at least something that will hurt the non-faithful. Probably. So maybe shoot it with a crossbow from a distance? I don't think that's how it works. So Juliet would know this is definitely magical. Uh, give me a Arcana check. That's a fifteen. Six for me. Um. So Juliet, you would know that this is some sort of warding glyph, but uh, you don't know what kind. Well, it's certainly made to keep people out. That's for sure. Okay, so we grab one of the stone chests in the previous room and use it like Indiana Jones. You get inside Uh of it, push the symbol, and shut the lid on the chest. Who's Indiana Jones? Uh, How about, what about that one uh, scroll that we have of undoing or something? Oh, that's right. We still have the scrolls from our uh, attempted raid on the tower. Yes, indeed. Shall I do the honors, or would you like to, Alexander? Go for it. All right, Juliet's going to take the scroll of, I think it was Dispel Magic. Uh, yep. And with a quick reading, realizing it's upside down, flipping it over, uh, cast Dispel Magic on the door, or specifically on the symbol. All right, so... That is a third level wizard spell. Uh, yep. And what's the highest you can cast? Second? Uh, yes. All right. I think that requires a roll, doesn't it? Almost certainly. Let's see. Would I be able to help in the casting to make it easier or no? No. Let's see. Must make a ability check using spellcasting ability. Okay. And the DC is 10 plus whatever the spell, the warding things level is. Actually, Alexander could help by giving you bardic inspiration. Oh. Oh. I will take out my 
my bagpipes and start piping away to give you bardic inspiration. You can do it, Juliet. You can rock this spell and something that rhymes with it. <laughs> so the DC on this would be uh, 13. And then you're going to get a plus three to your roll. All right. Well, I got an 18 just base, so. Oh, well, there you go. So uh, Juliet pulls out this scroll and um, starts reading it and doing these hand gestures. And you see um, a flash of light as this uh, glyph on this door um, just flashes out. It appears to be gone. Ha ha. What happens to the scroll? Juliet crumples the scroll up and tosses it on the ground like a piece of trash. Cold. Served us well. Like the piece of trash it is. You're trash. Hey. Can't believe you're littering. Lunadas picks up the garbage, puts it in his pocket to throw it away responsibly. In Aren't you going to be ending the world anyway? We're going to be rescuing a... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. <laughs> We're going to bring right. about the end of the world, but littering is not cool, dude. No. Got to protect the world. We're protecting mothers. There's, there's a fine line on our mission here. And, you know, littering just goes way over the boundaries that we set in our group. It's disrespectful. Well, let me, let me just take a moment and give props to Talia for finding that trap. Thank you, Talia. Yes, that was effective. I do my best. You gonna give her a little pat on the head? Yep. She be best. All right. Uh, Juliet open is the door going to open see what's the door. Yep. All right, you go to open the door, and it is locked. All right, then. Is there a locking mechanism anywhere on that? Uh, yes, there is uh, a locking uh, uh, keyhole. Let me let me see what I can do. Sleight of hand, correct? Yep. Nice. Damn. Roll. Twenty-five. So uh, Talia just takes her tools and sticks in this key lo- uh, keyhole, and just with a. Uh, twist of the wrist, uh, you hear this uh, click as it uh, comes unlocked. You just fucking throw your tools at it and opens. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Julia is going to open the door, assuming there's no more locks and or bars and or traps. Okay. So you go to open the door and um, it's pretty heavy, so you, you put your weight into it and uh, this uh, door to the north here of this double doors creaks open with some effort. And inside... Spider, 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 spider. Ugh, why did it have to be spiders? <laughs> um, so, uh, as you go, are you going through the door or just are you just outside of it, Juliet? Uh, going inside. Okay. So, uh, you go inside... And you're going to see a fairly large chamber um, from what you can see from the light from Alexander's spell. And you are going to see a giant spider looking at you as it starts to move toward you. 
Oh, oh. Maybe we can reason with it. Sure. Just uh, comprehend language to understand spider speak. I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> it could be a thing. Spiders don't have languages. Driders have language. Cool. Yeah, we throw Edel in the webs. All right, so I'm going to need everybody to go ahead and jump in initiative. High roller as always. All right, so uh, Alunados, uh, you're going to go first. Don't forget turn. Oh, yeah, I need to put Edel in too. All right, so Turin's going to go first. Um, so, Julie, have you said anything about spiders being in here? Nope, not a word. Well, we should all be able to see it. Yeah, that's it's right. just you outside the bright light, but it's still visible. So Turin is going to take a double move action. So he is going to be able to get right up in this spider's grill, but he has to take an action to get there, so that's going to be the end of his turn. So Turin's just going to run past uh, all of you into this room uh, with his spear up over his head, uh, yelling uh, as he comes up on the spider. Uh, next up is Lunados. I can't tell exactly where the spider's standing. It looks like I might be able to hit it. Okay, there we go. So now I'm going to punchy punch. Smack. Ooh. That's a crit, crit fell. So let's go ahead and take care of that crit fell first. Five. Please tell me it's drop your weapon. Tripped up. You <laughs> slip and fall. You are prone and must use a move action to stand up. This uh, could be done in the same turn and if you've not used a move action yet, which you have. I have. Can I punch from the ground? Yeah, I think with the, the amount of movement that you have, uh, I'll let you punch from the ground with uh, disadvantage. Okay. Eleven. Uh, that's going to miss. Okay, and that will end Elinidas' turn. <laughs> <laughs> so, Elinidas comes running into the shroom, and as he tries to stop, he, uh, his <laughs> he feet slips go out from underneath him. stone and falls down. <laughs> So he falls on his ass and then does like this uh, breakdance move, uh, spinning on his back, uh, and then takes a swing at the spider and misses. Uh, Juliet, you're up. All right. Juliet levels her halberd and charges forward to stab at this thing's abdomen. It's a nine to hit. I'm willing to bet that does not hit. Yeah, that's going to miss. That is the end of Juliet's turn. All right, so this spider is going to take a bite at Alunidas. Unsurprising. He's lying down. <laughs> uh, that's a 10. That's going to miss. Uh, next up is Alexander. Let's go. I'm going to go like that and then shoot my crossbow at Giant Spider 2. Oh, wrong one. Seven, I assume that misses. Uh, yeah, that's going to miss. I like that your D20 plus four just barely did worse than the D6 plus two. Yeah. All right, so Adel's going to run into the room, uh, but that's as far as he's going to get. He's going to stop. That's going to end his turn. Uh, Talia, you're up. All right, so um, I think I'm going to move here. 
damage, and I'm gonna stabby McStabberson. That's a hit. So a Seventeen. Sweet. All right, and then I'm going to um, do my sneak attack for an additional five. All right. What's it look like when you take this thing down? I'm I'm just going to to take my dagger and just cut right between where the head and abdomen are, so that its head just pops right off. All right. Ew. So uh, Talia like takes gross pinata. <laughs> Talia uh, takes this spider out, and then everybody, give me a perception check. Oh my God! Does the spider explode into more little spiders? Thirteen for Illuminus. Well, Five. passive of sixteen. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know, Tolly takes this out, and everybody's kind of like breathing hard, and you're excited after the battle. And Shane is going to start hearing this skittering, and then it gets louder, and there's more of it, and then out of this hole over here, you're going to see these giant spiders start spilling out. When you say giants, we have a problem. When you say giant, can Adel just like step on them? Because that would be great. Uh, Adel is small. When we we're talking about giant spiders, we're probably talking about the size of a lab, Labrador. Oh, gross! All right, so let's add these into the initiative. I like that we all ran up to the spider as fast as we could. We all failed to hit it, and then Tali just comes in and just sort of stab very gently, very daintily, kills the shit out of it. She's been the uh, the damage dealer this episode. I love Talia. All right, so Turin's going to go first. He is going to attack this giant spider here with his spear. That's a 19. That's going to hit. So he is just going to take this spear and, like, stab it right through the mouth. So that's going to be 10 damage. Uh, next up is Lunados. Uh Which one did he attack? Number uh, one? Number one. All right, Lunados. Going to circle around behind, I think. And he's going to attack Giant Spider number one as well. First attack for 17. Uh, that'll hit. Alright, that's five damage to Giant Spider number one. Second attack, also number one, uh, for ooh, 24, for eight more damage. Alright, so, uh, Turin hits this thing in the mouth, and you run up and do like a somersault over top of this spider land on your feet turn around and start punching this thing and you just hit it in the back and then it crumples to the ground okay let me check i think and my bonus strike i think only can be used against something that has already been that i've already attacked so i think that's it for the boss this round all right giant spider number five is up and it is going to shoot a web at uh, Talia. Ooh, that's a crit. Crit fail, right? It failed? Yeah? No? (laughs) Good try. So what do I do? do? Uh, Uh, You are... uh, Hold on just a second. Uh, Number one, you're going to fall prone. And then you're going to get uh, hit with this uh, sticky mass of a web that shoots out of the spider and it's going to knock you to the ground and you are currently restrained 
and prone. Oh, that's just not nice. Uh, all right, Juliet, you're up. All right. Juliet moves down towards Giant Spider 4 and takes a stab. An 11 to hit probably misses. Uh, yeah, that's going to miss. Uh, that's it for Juliet. Next up is Giant Spider number 3. It is going to shoot a web at Turin. Uh, that's a 16. He is going to succeed that save. So he's going to dodge out of the way of the web. Uh, next up is Alexander. Whoop, whoop. I'm sorry, but whoop, whooping counts as your standard, your movement, and your bonus action. You're done. Ah, man. Yeah, you got me. Bro. <laughs> uh, I'm going to shoot my crossbow over at uh, Giant Spire 4. 15. Uh, that'll hit. 7 damage. So, Alexander's going to level his crossbow and fire and hit this giant spider here to the south in uh, one of the eyes and uh, you see it uh, raise up uh, one of its legs and is trying to uh, like knock the arrow out of its eye socket Uh, next up is Adel he is going to run over here to giant spider number 5 and flank with uh, Lunados Uh, that is a 23 so he is going to come running with this bone breaker sword uh, above his head and he is going to s- stop and slash down into this uh, spider cutting two of its legs off uh, giant spider number two is up it is going to turn and try to bite Adel. that's a 13 that's going to miss it uh so it uh jumps at Adel and puts its legs up on his side and then bites down but uh it bites into a metal solid metal piece of its his armor and doesn't go through just makes an annoying scrapey sound nobody likes it uh talia you're up all right so um can i cut myself out of this uh you can i'm gonna do that and stand up just uh I'll say since the, um, well, you're, you're going to have to damage this thing because it has hit points. So I'll say that you'll, you'll be able to hit it, but give me a, uh, a damage roll. All right, so you start slicing through this thing, and uh, you're able to make a pretty good-sized hole, and uh, you're able to free your arm, um, but you're currently still restrained and wrapped up into this. Uh, can I use my offhand? Yep. All right. So um, you are able to get your other dagger out and start cutting through this to where uh, you've got it off of you and you can uh, stand up. All right. That's my turn. Uh, giant spider number four is up. It is going to attack Juliet. That is a nine. I'm sure that misses. Yep. That'll miss. <laughs> So it tries to jump on you, and you just take your your halberd and like uh, knock its uh, uh, legs away, and uh, take your halberd and uh, put it in its mouth and shove it off of you. Uh, Turns up next. He is going to move down here to spider number two and try to stab it with his spear. It's a thirteen. That's going to miss. 
And he's going to take a second attack. Oh, that's a crit fail. <laughs> Ooh. Cowardice. It's a fear effect. Wisdom save D uh, ends it with a DC 10. Darren's more afraid of spiders than you are, Hannah. Talia? I mean, they're gross, so I can't blame him. Uh, next up is Alunidas. All right. Uh, it turns out that I was wrong. Uh, there's nothing in the player's handbook about not being able to use a bonus strike on other things, but... Uh, Alunidas is going to go ahead and hit giant spider number five. Uh, that is a ten. Uh, that'll miss. Okay. Second attack. It's a twenty-three. That will hit. Okay, for six damage. Is it still alive? Uh, yeah, it's still alive, but uh, it's looking pretty rough. So you take that uh, punch and you hit it in uh, the back, and one of the legs uh, comes apart from its body. Nice. All right. So now bonus strike, uh, 22. Five more damage. So uh, what's it look like when you take this one out? Okay, a blue glow surrounds his adamantine knuckles, and he just sort of swipes through it like it wasn't even there. There's sort of a string of blood and guts right across the floor. Now he's going to take his move action and flank down here. Alrighty, next up is Juliet. All right, Juliet's going to push this thing off after its failed attack and come with a rising strike from her halberd, which is a 17 to hit. Uh, that hits. And that will deal six slashing damage, and that's it. All right, so you push it off of you and uh, just swing your halberd down and, like, cleave it right in the back, and uh, you see it jerk instinctively, and uh, it moves a couple of feet uh, back from you. Uh, Giant Spider number three is up. So it is going to take a bite at Adel. It's a 17. That's going to miss. Alexander, you're up. Um, got moved back. And then shoot over at uh, Giant Spider four. For four damage. All right. So you pull the crossbow up again and fire it and catches this uh, spider in the side and uh, you see it jerk and then one of its uh, legs is kind of like pinned up now because the uh, it had one leg up getting ready to smack at a uh, Juliet and the arrow went through it and it goes through the leg and into its side pinning its uh, leg up in the air Next up is Adel, who is going to attack this spider that he's flanking with uh, Alunidas with. Ooh, that's a 21 for 10 damage. And then, so he's going to swing down and then uh, hit the spider and then swing back around in the sweeping strike. And that is a crit for 19 damage which is going to cut this spider basically in half. Uh, let's roll the crit table and see if anything cool comes out of it. Uh, fleet of foot, you can quickly attack your opponent and can shift up to your movement even if you have already used your move action. If another creature is within your movement, you can make a basic melee attack on that creature. Spellcasters can make a melee or cast a free cantrip. 
So he is going to attack this giant spider that's below him. Ooh, and that's a 20. Non-natural. For 9 damage. So Adel comes up and he cuts this one spider in half. And then screaming in, in rage turns around and slams down on this other spider and takes two of its legs off. Uh, which is the spider that's up next. So it's reeling from losing two of its legs and it's just going to take an instinctual bite at Adel. Which is a 20. Uh, which is going to hit for 7 damage. And he is also going to take 5 points of poison damage. And he's going to have to make a constitution save. Which he succeeds. Huzzah. Yay! Sort of. Alright, Talia, you're up. So I'm going to um, I'm gonna throw my dagger at uh, Giant Spider number 4. Oh, that'll hit. Uh, I'm going to use sneak attack for a total of 11 damage. So what's it look like when you take this spider out? Um, I am going to uh, throw my dagger uh, right right at its abdomen, and it's just the knife's going to just go right through it and rip all of its guts out. And then returns to your hand with like this black ichor all over it. Yeah, it's super gross. I, uh, I'll deal with it later. You're already covered in web. You're going to be spending the next 24 hours cleaning yourself anyway. Yeah, you got webbies all in your hair. Don't remind me. I... <laughs> all right, turns up. He is going to take a stab at this last remaining spider. That's a 26 for 13 points of damage. So he is just going to take this spear and just ram it down through the back of this uh, spider, pinning it to the ground. And it gives up a little resistance and then it just collapses and it does that thing where like its uh, legs curl up underneath it. And then Turin does that dance because he's all scared of spiders now. <laughs> all right, so you guys are out of combat. And what else do we see in this room now that we can pay attention? So you start looking around this room and it's a pretty large room. You think this is where this was like a living area at some point for the half orcs that lived here. It's probably 60 or 70 feet wide and uh, about 80 uh, feet deep. So you are going to see a large pit in the middle of the floor. Um, right where Lunados is standing. Uh, this is where the spiders came out of um, in the ground that you think from some deeper level below. And then to the north here, you are going to see uh, the bodies of two long dead half orcs. Uh, one is lying on the floor and one is propped up against the wall. And then over here to the west, you are going to see, um, it looks like there was an opening here that um, they had tried to fill up with rocks and um, like stone chest and like uh, furniture, anything that they could find to plug this hole up over here. But the hole itself looks like it's probably 10 feet wide by about 10 feet tall. And you think that this was either 
like a room or a hallway or as you look back into it um, you can see about 50 or 60 feet and it looks like it's a like a hallway that extends further back um, but you can also see kind of like a glow back there of uh, daylight interesting so Alunidas is going to search these two bodies alright uh, which one are you searching first first the one to the north Okay, so um, this is the skeleton of a half-orc that, um, as uh, you go to inspect it, it appears to be in like some sort of like robes, but as you touch it, like the, it, the cloth from the robes just falls apart, and around its neck you are going to see a holy symbol of cord, and um, it looks like this uh, half work died uh, from multiple puncture wounds um, all over its body that uh, it's like mummified but you can see where it was punctured hmm. anybody want a souvenir holy symbol of court I'll take that alright Alunidas tosses it over to Juliet and Juliet do you still have to take magic up I do uh, you are going to notice that it has a magical ring on its finger. Fantastic. Do you tell Alunidas about that, or do you keep it to yourself? <laughs> I'm going to put it on, see what happens, if anything. Uh, um, you're like 20 feet away. Um, so you put it on, Juliet? Uh, oh, wait, I can't. I have the Amulet of Dominion on. Never mind. Oh, you do have the Amulet of no, Dominion no, no. on? Wait. What's that? I didn't know that you were wearing the Amulet of Dominion. I'm uh, pretty sure I was at some point. Yeah, you I put it on, you tried it, to use but... it, you failed, but you're still wearing it. it gives you bonuses. Uh, yeah. Okay, because I didn't know that you uh, ever put it on, because I thought you pulled it out of the bag and then tried to control the minds of those beast folk and then stuck it back in the bag. So have you just? I tucked it under clothes, but. And I'm pretty sure Kevin said it was a magical ring on its finger, not that the amulet was magical. Oh, was it? Yeah, the amulet is not magical. It's a holy symbol of cord, but there's a ring on this uh, corpse's finger that is magical. Oh, okay. I thought the holy symbol was magical. Never mind. Then I'm definitely going to inform Alunadas about that. Okay. Uh, okay. Then Alunadas is going to pull the ring off and look at it as you pull it off the finger comes off as well and crumbles in your hand it is a gold ring with a pearl inset on it <laughs> and he gets a natural 10 on the uh, arcana check probably can't tell anything about that uh, are you trained in arcana no <laughs> <laughs> then you wouldn't be able to tell what it is anyway so he's gonna walk over and show it to Juliet and Alexander I would like to investigate it using arcana okay 16 okay this is a fairly common magical item um but not so common that everybody has one it is a ring of protection plus one let's see uh well i don't see how anyone couldn't use that who needs it the most i think i'm fine needs it or wants it 
I mean, I'm pretty squishy. Yep. I, I think our two glass cannons are going to be fighting over this. What's your AC, Talia? 15. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and take that? <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask uh, if the giant spiders, if we could harvest anything like their fangs or anything like that for future purposes. Good call. Uses. Give me a nature check. Oh, God, I'm so bad at these. How about a medicine check? Or I'm not. I'm uh, 22. Uh, That's a crit. So um, you would know that you would be able to um, harvest the uh, poison glands in these spiders uh, to use uh, as poison. I would like to attempt to do that. All right. So we'll say that... um, you take your knife and start cutting away into these things and you're able to, uh, has anybody got like a vial or something to put this poison in? I do. I'll hand one over. All right. So we're going to say that, uh, Talia, you are able to harvest six, uh, uses of a giant spider poison and it will do one D six damage. Con save ends. Uh, well, not the da- the damage won't a con save won't um, stop the damage, but the con save will uh, prevent them from having the poison condition, and the DC on that is ten. I wasn't aware that poisoned was a condition. I need to learn more about fifth edition. Um, is that something that I can put on my dagger? Yes. Sweet. I mean, yay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Poison condition just gives you disadvantage on checks and attacks. Oh, okay. All right, now let's inspect this other body. Um, this other body uh, appears to be the uh, body of a half-orc woman. You know, much the same. She's got um, some clothing on um, that falls apart um, when you start, like, you know, rustling around. You know, moving around, searching. Uh, for something on her, but you're not finding anything on her. Okay. So, want to explore down to the south, find what else is in here before we uh, check the the blocked up hole. Can't tell if it goes if the cavern continues to the south. So it looks like there's a cavern uh, that continues to the south, and then this uh, blocked up hole over here you think may lead out uh, of the mountain. Because you're seeing some daylight. Real quick, let's drop a pebble down the uh, hole. See how deep that is. Uh, The hole in the center of the room? Yeah, what the spiders came out of. Okay, so you drop a pebble down, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait. So about six or seven seconds uh, goes by, and then you hear something hit. Damn. Okay, that's so, deep. It's pretty deep. All right, let's look to the south. All right, so um, you exit this chamber and make your way down to um, this uh, pathway to the south, and you are going to come up uh, to uh, another stone door similar to the one that you entered this room through. Okay. Let's see. Juliet's detect magic still up, yeah. So, yeah, check that and check for traps and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> All right, so um, you try to detect magic on this door, and you're not detecting anything magical about it. 
Um, but the door is uh, locked from the inside on this. Uh, are we on the inside, though? Yeah. Okay, so we can just But you would it. still need <laughs> to either pick the lock or find a key. Or break the lock. Yeah, you could do that, too. Punchinello, funny fellow. Talia, you're up. Uh, I'm going to see if there if I can see any traps. All right, give me a perception check. 15. Uh, you don't see any traps. Right. Um, then I will attempt to pick the lock. When we get out of here, I think we should let the half-orcs know that their priests use magic items. They have no water. 13. Yeah, that's enough to pop it. So you work for Yay. a little bit. Um, it wasn't like the, the other side where you just like stuck it in and it popped right open. It takes you probably about a minute, but you're able to uh, pop the lock on it. Is it like in Skyrim where I go through like three lock picks before I finally pop it? <laughs> no, oh, it's that like fallout. You're going through bobby pins. Yeah, it was the most annoying mechanic. It, it really is. Yeah. All right. Obviously, people don't know how to use it. Let's open this door. So uh, before you open the door, Adel's like, I'm not feeling so well, guys. Can we can we just take a breather? Okay. Let's let the meat shield rest. We still have another meat shield. Me. And Turin. Yeah. Adel can hang back. Doesn't he have spells? Well, if we just you know something? take a 15-minute break, then Adel can... Uh, she... The in-game in explanation for hit dice. Um, cry a bit, I guess? I don't know. I think it takes more like an hour. but uh... Yeah, I think a short rest is an hour. Might be a good time for a snack, too. Anybody have food? Uh, I have trail for a second breakfast already. <laughs> She's not a halfling. <laughs> She's a growing girl. She needs her food. Here, have some trail mix. Good old raisins and peanuts. Yay. And... M&M's. Uh, Alexander, the best part. do you have a song of rest? Uh, let me check. I don't think I do, but um, I don't see it notated on my spell list. I'll check the uh, the book real quick. Yeah, you automatically get a level two. And what's the bonus on that? Uh, so, if any of my friendly heroes can hear my performance, they regain hit dice, uh, hit points equal to... Uh, regain hit points by spinning hit dice at the end of the short rest. Each of those creatures regains an extra 1d6 hit points. Alright, uh, can you uh, I guess they each roll theirs individually so it doesn't matter. That's what I assumed, sorry. Alright, so uh, Adel and Turn are both going to spin hit dice and uh, get full up again. Um, do you want to take some uh, who has the ring? The one we just found, we gave that to uh, Talia. Okay, so during that time, uh, she'll be able to, to attune to that ring and then get the hit point bonus for it. So your AC should be 16 now, and you get a plus one to all your saving throws. Sweet, thank you. And what was the hit point bonus? I'm um, sorry, the hit point bonus for the ring? Yeah, you said something about a hit point bonus. Oh, no, 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 that was about the Song of Rest. Oh, okay. Yeah, the ring doesn't have a hit point bonus. All right, so uh, Adel and uh, Turn are going to stand up for the rest, and Turn says, shall we? We shall. And Juliet has lost her magic 
Yep. Like, sadly. But let's go ahead and open this door. Get on the yep. floor. Everybody do the dinosaur. Juliet shoves the doors open. Unless they pull open. Ah, uh, the deadly pit of sand. All right, so uh, you open this door, and you're going to see directly to the south of you is a dilapidated bridge over a large pit um, that's probably 50 feet long. And you're going to be able to see, like, there's uh, stone that's missing out of the floor of it uh, that's eroded and fell out over the millennia that it's been here. And then to the west of you, you're going to see another path that uh, leads off to the east. uh, And that appears to uh, have kind of a pit to the northern side of that uh, walkway or the pathway to the east. Okay, so we got two ways to go. We can either go across the crazy bridge or across the crazy gap. We could try jumping. That sounds like a terrible idea. Well, some it of us are acrobats. Can we at least tie some ropes around one another? That sounds like a good idea. I was going to suggest that, that like Lunadas tries idea. jumping. <laughs> that Lunadas tries jumping, you know, and then you can throw a rope to him, and thus maybe or not throw tie rope to him, but throw the rope to him, and then we can tie it on either side, hopefully providing some more safety as we the rest of you make your way across the bridge. Okay, so. Uh, consensus here. Are we going to explore the bridge, or are we going to explore the area with the pit across? Let's go for the pit. I fell into the pit. You fell into the pit. <laughs> I've it sounds like you're that quoting song before. That's, uh, the foreshadowing Andy, is eminent. Uh, Andy Dwyer from uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, okay. Oh my god, yes. All right, so who wants to be the first to fall down this, I mean, jump across the pit? Um, with a long jump, you can jump up to your uh, uh, your strength times 10 in feet if you succeed, or if you get a 10-foot start. So Now, as you come up to this, this pit appears to be about 10 feet wide, but there is about a 3-foot portion to the southern wall of this that you could probably, like, back up against the wall and move around and as you approach this you could start like feeling this upward um, like rising of like hot humid air coming out of this pit maybe it's a geothermal vent if you fall in you could be boiled alive fun yes well I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna sneak yeah you could always sit and tall you up ahead of you to scout true because uh, I assume that I don't have to back up to the wall and scoot if there's three feet worth of space. Um, yep. Since you're small. Um, small. All right. Um, so you're moving up here. Or are you stealthing or anything? Uh, yeah, I'm going to pull my hood up and go to the edge of the main part of the light and, and see what I can see with the other part of... Because, like, his spell casts... Yeah, dim light uh, still projects. Dim light out. for an additional twice feet? the amount of space. Yeah. So uh, you look up through here, and it appears to this path appears to end in a pit 
um, up against a wall. I will relay that information to the other the others. Just say, hey, it appears that this is a dead end that ends in another hole. Is there anything in the hole? Is it like a long drop hole? Uh, that's an excellent question. I don't know if I have a light source on me. Um, you should be able to see dimly, but you could try dropping a pebble down and see how deep it is. But be I ready will, to run back. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll go up there and. Linda Das is going to go ahead down. and hop the hole and uh, come up and join her. Thank you. Make that check, son. Yeah, give me an athletics check. Do not roll a one. Otherwise, looking Talia at the long. Is... I think it's an athletics check. Yeah, yeah it doesn't even have that. You just. Uh, Get a ten foot running start, and you can jump your strength and feet, or oh, ten nice. times your strength and feet. Right. Wait, ten times your strength? Oh no, 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 just your strength. Yes. <laughs> uh, so with the ten foot start, you can jump your strength. So I can jump the ten foot, no problem. Okay. Um, so you both get up to this uh, pit, and much the same. There's uh, hot, humid air pouring out of this thing, um, but you can't really see the bottom of it. Okay, so it looks like it's a really deep pit with nasty air coming out. Probably no fun. Yeah, we're probably going to have to go over the bridge. Alright, so I think we should send our heaviest person onto the bridge first to see if it'll hold their weight. Oh, and thanks. And if it does, one at a time. Yeah. I as says, I'm not going out there. Uh, I suggest that we tie a rope to the person that's going to be walking across. See, that sounds pretty safe. And uh, then have all of us hold on to the rope in case it falls through. Yeah, uh, Lunadas will go ahead and tie a rope around his waist and start acrobaticsing his way across, hoping that helps. <laughs> Avoiding holes and trying not to uh, disturb any loose stones. I will grab onto the rope that he left behind, because nobody seems also, to be holding onto it. Oh, he didn't I will also grab onto the rope. He All ties right. the rope like a belt around his waist, throws it to no one, and walks confidently onto the bridge. <laughs> I'm assuming yeah, that at least one of you cares. <laughs> well, I mean, Tala cares, but I don't think I would do much in terms of being able to keep <laughs> falling to your doom. Well, actually, you're probably close to the same size as Alunadas. <laughs> Especially with all that ice yeah, cream. But, yeah, but <laughs> my, my strength is yeah. that of a little girl. <laughs> Alright, so how are we going to manage this, Kevin? Um, what's your movement? Uh, nine. Alright, so I'm going to need uh, two uh, two I can uh, get most of the way across in one burst of movement. If I uh, took, a, if I use both my actions, then I can make it all the way across by running. But I wouldn't be able to do anything special for that. Yeah, I'm going to say if if you try to like dash across this thing, you're probably going to be at a disadvantage for a dexterity check. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need a straight. Uh, if you try to like walk across this thing, you won't have disadvantage. Um, but I want to need a straight dexterity check from you. Two of them. All right, I'll just walk across with the dexterity check. Uh, so the first one. Uh, so you're walking across this bridge and you're like uh, moving around the stones that have uh, fallen out of it. 
um, not having really any trouble, and then um, you start getting towards the end of the bridge. Give me one more dexterity save. That's a 22. So, yeah, you you just walk around these holes and make it to the other side of this bridge with uh, seemingly no trouble whatsoever. And the Lunadas does a little jig once he's uh-huh. on safe ground. <laughs> Can we see if there's anything that we can tie the rope off to on both sides? So you're not really seeing anything on either side of this uh, bridge. There's like a a low railing on the left and right of it. All right. So Lunadas just braces himself and holds his end and waits for somebody to come over. He looks very, very confident in his abilities. He shouldn't be confident. Talia, you should be next. So at least we have two people on the other side. You're light enough that... uh, if you do fall. Yeah, a looted us can probably us. catch you well enough. Yeah. Alright, I will uh, tie the end of the rope that uh, um, we're holding uh, onto myself so that a looted us is connected to me, basically, and start making my way across. Alright, and I will give you uh, a plus two to your check. Uh, give me a dexterity check. because Plus two because you're using the rope. So that's 26. <laughs> All right. So you make it uh, halfway out to the bridge and like no trouble whatsoever. Um, you're just walking like uh, you would on flat ground with not a care. Uh, give me one more dexterity check. So that's a 20. So, uh, yeah, you... Uh, dodge all these holes in the uh, bridge and it seems pretty stable to you but uh, you don't weigh that much I'm going to untie myself and hand the, the end of the rope to Lunatus so he can throw it over yeah, that's a long throw oh wait uh, no it's a dexterity I would I would assume that like a Lunatus would have had one end of the rope and somebody on the other end of the bridge would have had the other end of the rope oh yeah that's that. That'd I mean that would sense. make more sense because you do have endless rope. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Rope. Yeah. So I could I could have tied myself up to it and still just had rope and been tied to either end, one end being basically in the bag. All right, who's going next? I guess I'll go. So it's an eleven plus two is a thirteen. Uh, <sighs> you're going to get out. To halfway out on this bridge and uh, you are going to step and hit um, step on one of these stones and you can feel it like sink into the bridge but it doesn't fall out from underneath you um, but uh, that was a close call totally short yourself in fear <laughs> remember it's spelled with an I not a J so the next dexterity check is a 20 so you recover from that and you move quickly away from uh, where you just stepped and you're may able to make it to the other side of the bridge so a turn's going to say uh, i'm the strongest so i should probably go last so i can hold the rope on this side oh no is Adel going to start a fight over that uh, you know what? This is like that problem where you have to sail across with the wolf, the sheep, and the human. So it, in the interests of not having Adel and Turin kill each other, Adel should go across. He's like, it's fine. Yeah, we do need somebody strong on this side of the bridge. <laughs> we said our three weakest characters first. What His first roll is 19, so uh, 
he's able to walk out to the middle of this bridge, but he's taking it like really slow and taking his time and like testing out the uh, stones underneath his uh, feet before he puts his full weight down. And then uh, the next roll is an 18, so it's going to take him a while, and he's being really careful uh, moving around these holes, um, but he's going to be able to make it to the other side of the bridge. Okay, Juliet will go next. That is a 13. Uh, plus 15. 2 is 15. Yeah, yep. so you're able to make it out to uh, halfway on the, uh, the bridge with uh, no problems, but uh, you're probably kind of being careful yourself because you're wearing heavy armor and just for the fact that you're a dragonborn you probably already weigh like 250 some odd pounds yeah. so. <laughs> i think she's a spelt 240 all right probably one more deck safe that. uh that's a 10 Ooh. plus two would be a 12 all right so um you uh start taking your next steps and you get out to about here and the stones are going to start crumbling underneath your feet uh, give me a uh, an athletics check or well no just give me another dexterity save uh, 13 alright so uh, you're able uh, as the stones start falling out from underneath your feet you are able to like push off from them and uh, gain your balance uh, and grab a hold of this railing um, but some of the stones uh, that you had just stepped on uh, there's now a larger gap in the bridge from where the uh, stones fell away from underneath your feet. Oh, you know what? We'll fix that later. Um, Julia is going to continue on then. Uh, another dexterity check? Uh, yeah, one more. Say seven. Always. <laughs> so that's a nine. So um, that crack has now started to uh, widen. Uh, and it's like approaching your feet. Give me one more dexterity uh, save. It's an 11. All right. So you start to fall and uh, you catch yourself with this rope uh, and you're able to like steady yourself and, and find a, a foothold on the, uh, the bridge. Uh, but now there is like right behind your feet, a gaping hole in the bridge uh, where you were standing. Can we just pull her in like a fish on a line now? Uh, yeah, she's she's to the other side now. Okay. <laughs> All right, turns up. So he is going to take this uh, rope and he is going to uh, tie it around his waist and chest. He's going to take his uh, spear, kind of like thread it through the rope to hold it uh, against his back. And he's going to do the same with his shield so he can have his hands free. And he is going to move out onto the bridge. And... Uh, that's an 18, so he's uh, taking his time too, and he's testing out each of the stones with his foot before he puts his full weight down. Oh, so uh, he um, starts to get to about three quarters through the bridge, and he gets to about right here, and all the stones fall away from his feet, and he is started to fall. Oh, so he he tries to, to grab a hold of the stones in the bridge but uh he his hands get nothing but air and he is currently free falling down into this pit strength checks yeah he's tied to the rope i'm gonna have uh adel do a strength check and then 
each one of you can aid him. So everybody give roll me a uh, strength check and anything a above a 13, I'll give a plus one bonus to. Plus four to Adel's strength check. I thought it was a plus one per. Yeah, it was plus one per, so Sorry. that'll be a plus two. Plus two. That does not. All right, so that is going to be a 19. So Adel uh, sees him falling, and for a split second, you can kind of see in his head, he's like, well, should I try to save this guy or not? And then as that rope's like spooling out, he'll you'll see him grab a hold of it and wrap his arm around it, and the rope uh, grows tight as uh, he's able to uh, stop the fall. So now it's just going to be a matter of uh, pulling him back up if everybody wants to assist in a uh, strength check again. Yes. Sure. Woohoo. Crit success. I'm just... I, I'm just pulling up the rope as people are, as people are pulling it. <laughs> You're like. just coiling it up on the ground. I'm helping. <laughs> so uh, since that's a crit of Lunados, I'm going to give him a plus two to his check. Yay. Uh, so that'll be a 20. So, um, about after about two minutes, uh, you guys are able to uh, get turned back up on the uh, the bridge, and um, <clears throat> he pulls himself. Uh, you know, he's he's got his arms up in the the, the hole of the bridge and pulls himself up, and uh, starts crawling the rest of the way across the bridge. But uh, now everybody's over. Darren's had a rough day, so he stands up and dusts himself off. And there's kind of like this moment that uh, uh, Turin and Adel kind of lock eyes for a minute, and then they look away from each other. No keys. So is He's this a bromance moment bit. or a uh, what? <laughs> uh, it's more of a moment that it was like, you know, I would say thanks for saving my life, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you now that we're on the far side of the bridge. So uh, you get past the bridge, and now you're going to continue down this path to the uh, southeast. And down in front of you, you are going to see a door that's about five feet wide that's made out of like this white stone. And then uh, two suits of armor uh, standing beside the door. And, uh, it's a good yeah. thing they're not labeled as though they were enemies or anything. <laughs> so, a different kind of door and two special-looking sentry things. Very ambiguous. I think we're at the tomb. Well, come on. This door won't wait all day. Wait, I mean, yes, it will. will. <laughs> yeah. Alright, let's get our fighters up and ready to fight. All right, so uh, as you approach, you're going to see uh, both of these uh, suits of armor animate. And um, they are going to raise their uh, great swords and start moving towards you. And I think that's probably a good place to end it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons & Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling-sized favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, 
lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Are annoying adventurers stealing your treasure and slaying ye hard-earned magical beasties? An expertly crafted dungeon may just be what ye need. Hell, I'm Brog Stoneshield Jr. of Stoneshield and Sons Dungeon Contractors. When me pal started this business, he had but one philosophy. Help people protect what they worked so hard to get. We have free in-tower consultations to design a lair just for ye needs. Our expert dwarf and stonesmiths will help you build a dungeon of your dreams, and we can work with any budget. Spike traps, we got them. Flame pillars, no problem. Bottomless pits, we're the best in the business. Do you already have a dungeon and want to upgrade? We can help make it even more secure. With a combined 600 years of experience, there's no dungeon too big or too small. We do them all. Just contact Stone Shield and Sons Dungeon Contractors for all your dungeon needs. Uh, who the hell is Vito? <laughs> What's that? Who the hell is Vito? Vito? Yeah, the macro you have still is labeled Vito. Oh. <laughs> That's uh, his macro. Well, I guess it'd be my macro. He's level 5, so he should have 25 lay-on-hands points available. And from now on, I think I'm going to go ahead and call that his little rubbing tug maneuver. What a pleasant thought. Rubbing his chin, tugging his beard, you know, like dwarves do. Uh-huh. Unless, do they have the, um, the, the, the Lord of the Rings movies in this universe? Uh, no, because movies don't exist. You don't know. Mages have illusions. They can do shit like that. They're moving pictures, man. They can illuminate them, and they have illusions that can make sound. No, no, but they together, don't call them you have films. Oh, and by the way, that hole was 787.7 feet deep, roughly. meters per second per second, or 32.6. If I remember correctly. I I assumed that it never reached terminal velocity. No. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I think it takes 12 seconds to reach terminal velocity. Well, it depends on the size of the object. And shape. Well, the Earth is... D&D isn't a perfect vacuum. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, they are no longer tied together. Just FYI. <laughs> no, we, we still are. Cut the rope on, on Turin and let him fall. <laughs> <laughs> I realize that makes me a terrible person, but I was, I was like, man, do we, really, do we really want him taking the sword from us? Because that's the deal, right? Uh, no. Well, we need no? him to be a meat shield. Then we can kill him. Mm-hmm. Right, right. We still need him. Okay. Yeah, Adel we really want to get rid of. Adel is the sacrifice. Yeah, he wants the sword, the Bonebreaker sword or whatever, but we want the artifact that's inside that we need the sword to get into. I'm just imagining this this conversation like happening in front of like Adel (laughs) Enter. We're both like, what the fuck? We're we're like right here. And then, and then they become friends. Players, so they don't really matter. I mean, except that 
okay, so the conversation's not taking place verbally, though. I'm writing it in, in my, my secret script so that only people who aren't them can read it. So, like, they look <laughs> at the note that's being passed back and forth, and they're like, what the fuck does this say? It's the special <laughs> script you devised for, you know, Uncle Ed. Luno and Aunt, uh, Aunt Julie. We're making very awkward glances awkward towards them as we're passing the notes back and forth. <laughs> right. NPC sweat nervously. Edelheart turn. <laughs> Do you like me? Circle yes, no, or maybe. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, they're going to be like best buds and like turn on the party now. <laughs> uh, I would never see that coming from Adel. It's okay. I'm sure we would beat Adel up again. I don't know, man. That'd probably be a pretty good fight. Turn well, yeah, and the Adel barbarian against the rest and of the, the party. Uh, Hellsworn against the rest of us. That would be a tough fight. That's I what old persons him. for, son. I'm kidding. I I'm, I'm couldn't take them by myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you had somewhere to hide, I don't think either of them is very perceptive. If I just kept running away and throwing my, my dagger because I'm faster than them. <laughs> you use your bonus to dash and yeah, that would work. Yeah, just like I, I've been You're playing literally Skyrim, running circles around them. <laughs> I've been playing Skyrim recently and I like to challenge myself. Uh, so I've been doing a magic only campaign where I don't use any weapons. Nice. And so like, I was facing this one boss battle that was about twice the like level that I should, I, I was about half the level I should have been when I faced him. And uh, I 100% kited him around the room while I waited for my magic to <laughs> rebuild so that I could shoot him with sparks yeah. and then kite him some more. It was great. The real struggle is whenever you put on like a higher difficulty to where like the enemies have outscaled the damage that you do. Uh, so for you play like a uh, high elf or something that has the uh, racial ability that like once every 24 hours you can regen all your mana super quick. Yep, that's what I play. Yeah, you do that. And so you get to the point where you have to just wait 24 hours in between every instance of combat. So that way you, you can actually have the mana needed to kill them. That's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, uh, you can do the same thing with, like, uh, Ogre. I mean, not Ogre, fucking Orc. And just uh, with their health region. Like, you have to wait, like, 24 hours between every combat, so that way you don't die on the combat. And you can use your racial passive to regain health. Yeah, it's... I don't... Uh, see, I don't play a game um, to make it super difficult. I do like a challenge, but I don't, I never like to play on like the max difficulty with, I think one exception. Um, so I always, I, I like to play on that middle of the road. So they still get the challenge, but I'm also like enjoying the game. Um, so dark souls is not your game. God, no, no. Although when I worked at GameStop, I used to be able to sell that game uh, coupled with an extra controller sometimes too, because I had so many stories of people coming in after purchasing that game to buy an I extra need a controller. controller. <laughs> yeah, because they would throw them or like they, I had one guy that broke it in half. Like, doesn't surprise you. Me. Really have to try at that point. You really do. He was, he was kind of built. He was like a military guy because I, I, I was working at one in right by uh norfolk naval base so um so he's a, like a big you know muscle-bound navy guy and he came in like i need a controller 
They should sell okay. insurance on those. Uh, insurance does not cover breaking it in half. Uh, Warranty, I mean. I got attacked yeah, by a magpie today. What? Um, I was out for my daily walk in the park, and I guess I came close enough to its nest that it decided to swoop down on me, let me know that it didn't like me being there. I mean, it just sort of like swooped right past my back. So it's like, it just sort of felt something brush me. I was like, what the hell? Oh, it's a magpie. And I did it uh, again, you know, a few uh, feet later, but it didn't really chase me or anything. Well, that's fun. I <laughs> wish, have you seen the story about the little girl who feeds crows every day? And so they bring her gifts. Yes. I've heard about that. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I want to be that little girl, but like, <laughs> we don't have any crows around here. We only have pigeons. Pigeons are stupid and ugly. They're the rats of the sky. They really are. I actually, so I like seagulls. A lot of people in West Coast and East, like a lot of people on the coast really hate seagulls. Yeah, they're also rats. No, they're not. They're adorable. And they let you know when you're close to to shore. Like when you start seeing seagulls, you know Mm. that you're getting close. So it's like a sailor's thing. When we uh, went to the uh, beach uh, a couple weeks ago, um, you know, there's seagulls everywhere, uh, but the real assholes were the crows. So, like, I'm hanging out on the beach, and there's all these seagulls around us, and uh, my baby niece had this bottle that was uh, in uh, a beach bag, and then, like, out of nowhere, this uh, crow swoops down over top of my head, lands on this bag, and pulls her bottle out of the bag and tries to take off with it. (laughs) They're smart little suckers. Have you seen where they've taken a raven and he performed an eight-step puzzle process to, mm-hmm. to get a reward? They're wow. smart. They have persistence of objects. They know that the person behind the curtain is the person who just stepped behind the curtain. Things like yeah. that. They, well, and they remember faces for, for years. Um, and will pass that knowledge on. So they did a Across study. generations. Yeah, they they did a study where people would wear a specific mask and uh, harass the birds, throw sticks at them, yell or at them. Or be nice to them. They also or be nice, a nice to them. Yeah, a different a different mask would be nice to them. One mask would be nice. The other mask would be mean. And for I think this experiment's been going on for like two or three decades at this point. Yeah, twenty. And they still will attack the person with the mean mask or bring things to the person with the nice mask. The music you heard on this episode was Rights and Crossing the Chasm by Kevin McLeod and Competech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0.